Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. We're going to look at Eagle Comics Judge Dread number one, the first uh, monthly Judge Dread comic here in the United States. Before we do, I want to ask everybody out there to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. And uh, hit that notification bell icon below the video. That'll help offset the kayfabe effect. And uh, we hear good stories about the kayfabe effect. So if you hit that notification, you'll be the first to know about each new video that goes up. And uh, if you decide you need that comic book in your collection, it'll give you a little bit of a head start on tracking down a copy before uh, all the kayfabers go after it. Also, let the video play to the end. That will help YouTube uh, populate the sidebar and share Cartoonist Kayfabe with other comics fans who may not be familiar with the channel yet. And uh, that's how we grow Cartoonist Kayfabe. So give us a hand on that, and uh, thank you very much. So Judge Dredd, number one. Um, there have been lots of Judge Dredd series over the years, but this one starts up in 1983. Judge Dredd shows up in 2000 AD and 1977. So... You could get those 2000 ADs in the U.S. if you had maybe a great, great comic store. But uh, I feel like this was a big coming out for Judge Dredd in that this is the format that we're used to buying in comic yeah. shops. So it was almost like, let us meet you, comic book readers, with uh, one of the most popular characters in, in British comics history. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I still remember, like, to this date, like, this was the first issue that I got my hands on at a Kmart in a grab bag and it has cursed earth. It's a cursed earth thing. And I remember thinking that at the time, now this comes out in the eighties, mm -hmm. but it's a big purple dinosaur on the cover. And I thought it was like a play on Barney because that, because <laughs> that literally was, was right. the era. Uh, you get, you get this stuff. And I think this one might have a Boland in the middle, um, somewhere, but just, just amazing. Man, that is almost Frank Miller. It is. Yeah, M Mick McMahon is a piece of Frank Miller. Like, like the Mick McMahon Judge Dredd era, you'll see some, like, Bigfoot stuff. That's amazing. Uh, where, with the boots and shit. Yes. And, and it's the way Frank Miller, like, if you saw this in black and white, you would, you would think that it was a Miller piece. Dude, that's even the big feat you're talking about. Uh -huh. Like, that really feels like, um, what was the one that, the, the dinosaur one shot that Dark Horse tells to offend. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it almost like this. There's a lot of tells to offend right there, but yeah. I don't want to go down, go down the wrong issue. Right, right. One of my favorite pieces is this cover, and uh, you can find the original on Comic Art Fans, and it's just stunning. But it's so cool. Like most of these first issues have the Bullen covers, if not Bullen interiors, and they're just. I mean, these are good-looking comics. They look good now, oh, totally. let alone in 1983, 1984. Totally. And then and then you get to, like, the Carlos Escarza issues later on, and then it's a different kind of, like, ink line, something you've never seen before. And those are freaking dope. Like, yeah. They started off strong, and they did things right, man, because this first issue, it's all Bolland. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's by accident. And it makes perfect <laughs> fucking sense, dude. Well, uh, you know, well, one last minute on the cover here. How striking is that cover? That flat red? That's an announcement of like, hey, hey, fanboys, check this out. Absolutely. A lot of guns. Got like a cannibal. Got some guy with uh, filed teeth there. Looks like a piranha kind of like there's just a lot to like on this. Oh, yeah. And it feels ahead of its time. 1983. Like, I mean, this kind of character feels like something I'd see in the 90s. Sure. So... Digging right in, as you say, Brian Boland uh, art throughout this issue, and it looks really great on this paper. You know, it's that soft gray paper, 
the line, the ink bleeds a little bit to soften that edge. And it's just, this is what a comic should look like. I actually have this issue of the, of the uh, 2000 AD Prague. And, and what's funny is uh, I've, I, I don't have issue one of the, the Eagle series. Uh, mine's, mine starts with, if that's issue two, no, it's not. Uh, uh, anyhow. Uh, There's issue two. I, but I've read all of these stories in other right. kinds of collections and, and just sort of, sort of elsewhere. Worth noting, uh, not the first appearance of Judge Dredd. They make the smart move of like, let's package this in a way that gives us our, we think our best foot forward or our best chance to connect with new readers right out of the gate, which I think reprints often, that's a struggle. Do you start yeah. at the beginning? Do you want to reprint everything? I like this direction where it's like, let's pick what we think will work in this market. Yeah, like Brian Bolland is gain, gaining traction in the American market. The American market is a superficial market. They they want to... The, the American comic reader wants to see you bleed on the fucking page. They do. For their buying dollar. Line density, I think Frank Miller calls it. <laughs> and there's there's like nobody putting in more work than than, than Brian Bolland. This stuff looks really good in terms of Boland's art. Like uh, he he was pretty good from the beginning. We've looked at some early stuff of his, and that attention to detail and line and figure, it's it's there in almost everything I've ever seen of his, and it's here. But what you see is some of these like stripped down backgrounds, uh, which is interesting to me because it's like, how do you do this super detailed, perfect work? And I actually like this this way. Like I don't want a detailed background on top of this stuff. Yeah, listen, you gotta. This is a weekly magazine. Two thousand AD is so you gotta shave a little time somewhere. And Judge Judge Death, what a cool looking character! Again, like man, we get to page two and it's Judge Death coming out of silhouette and looking freaky and weird and and stabbing people with his hands. <laughs> it's still a boy's comic. His hand, They're like. <laughs> What is I can't see. Going right into me. <laughs> you don't say. Is the sky blue too, uh, fella? I always say Paul Glacy. How much is this a Glacy-like head? Yeah. So they show up and they're trying to figure out, like, you know, the judges show up after this fact and they just have the body as evidence and what's going on. And they find skin cells that have been uh, decomposing for a long, long time. Yeah. This and... is not our, our bodies, our dead, fresh dead body skin cell. This is an old corpse of a uh, cell. But it's also the guy who he was struggling with. So, so what's going on here? And Judge Death just is in Judge Dredd's world now, and uh, he's judging life forms and taking that away. So he's ahead of the judges so far and uh, exploring this new world full of life that he has stumbled onto. Now, this is the stuff that I always love about uh, the Judge Dredd comics is when they when they pad out the universe mm -hmm. and you see what kind of like life is like, because there's always like... These guys have to make a comic. Like Brian Bolland has to make a comic of this sort of skill level within a very short amount of time. So now he's got to also design what a DJ looks like, and it's it's like um, cutting promos on the DJs of the day who are <laughs> using some electronic equipment to you know mix the, their their music rather than just using the little mixer board or whatever. Uh, so you know he's designing they are designing culture. Yeah. around the stuff and it's always very goofy i love these kind of panels too where it's like the judges on their bike it's just you can almost imagine that if this were a tv show where it's like the montage of like okay cut to the next scene and, and look at that background dude that that's like the dave gibbons like watchman kind of i was thinking dave gibbons in this one with all your mangled up figures and, so and, clean and look at these bikes like coming to the joint in different perspectives like like 
Yeah, you don't draw the bike just once. You got to draw it twice. And you got to draw about five judges of a page. And the pages look amazing. Like a great page layout, a great page layout from the colorful character to even like that background, the cyberpunk background. It's so good. So finally, we well, not finally, three pages in. The nice thing with the weekly comic is you're getting these told in, what, five, six, maybe seven or eight pages. I love it. So like things happen quick, but now we've got Judge D Dread and Judge Death uh, you know, connecting on the same page. This is uh, one of these instances, and it almost, this, I can't think of another time where it happens this way, but the overprinting where you see the magenta plate going over mm -hmm. the black and the, and the blue going over the black, that adds to the art of the scene of this kind of hazy, right. like dance club. It, it's, it adds to the color of like their color holds. And, and I think the white in the middle help sell that as well but it's i've never seen an example where the overprinting is like it's a part of the art to it's me. very strong here and this is um this is what you don't get now because now right. that black ink is that top layer and it's just the flattest thing and especially if you add a little bit of like gradients or a lot of gradients now it's, it's so bizarre because like the black is just a totally flat color except all the other colors aren't treated that way. Yeah, like we could have this conversation all day and there are so many people who are just like, what are you talking about? Right, so instead we'll talk about like seeing the bullets actually ripping through Judge Death there. That's amazing. It's it's always confusing to me, man, like what, what the standards and practices are in, in Great Britain because that's the same place that they had to be called the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because ninjas are assassins. But I think we're going to see some head wounds uh, in this in this issue. <laughs> Our, our man Death is set on fire. Whenever the bullets don't keep him down, they uh, switch to incendiary rapid fire on their guns. I think you could always do that to a, something that's already dead. He's gone up like a human torch. <laughs> <laughs> Flame on. Cartoonist Kayfabe is sponsored by us and the comics that we make. So please support our latest comics the best way to support this channel, starting with my next book, Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness. These will be in your stores in March and in April, respectively. These are the main covers here, retelling the history of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, 500 plus issues, 10,000 plus pages retold in two oversized issues with some really great variant covers to choose from, including Ed Piscors, Marcos Martin, Peach Momoko, and whenever we get into the Hulk Grand Design Madness, Jeff Darrow, Ed McGinnis. So let your co comic shop know you want these. And uh, it's March, Ed. These are going to be out in stores any minute now. So start picking those up. Speaking of, available now. New season of Red Room by Ed Piscor. Trigger warnings. Red Room Antisocial Network, the collection. Both of these are now available in comic shops all over the world. This is the main cover for Trigger Warning starting the uh, 2022 season of Red Room. Uh, if you like violence and, and depravity, we're about to up the level of that and uh, start looking for Red Room Trigger Warnings number two. This is the cover to, uh, to seek out. That'll be coming to your local store in April. You can also pick up our back catalog from Ed Piscor, WYSIWYG, Hip Hop, Family Tree, Four deluxe oversized volumes available, as well as box sets telling the history of hip-hop. The book that started the Grand Design Craze, X-Men Grand Design by Ed Piscor. Three oversized, treasury size edition volumes available telling the complete history of the X-Men. And my books that are still available in print everywhere books and comics are sold. The Plain Janes, the first young adult graphic novel here in America, and Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. 
And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Pretty cool though. It's, it makes for a nice graphic with the uh, with the comic book coloring style, and no comics code approval stamp on these issues. Right. So they bring in their uh, their psychic judge to figure out like, can you learn anything from this guy? Like, what was this? What were we facing? And you get a little bit of the psychedelic of kind of effect. Maybe not too much psychedelic, but some sort of like that pattern around there of warping the uh, the space around her. That upshot, man, such a hard view to draw. Yeah. And 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 this, I feel like it is a little example, like of uh, when in doubt, black it out. Like I think Brian was trying to figure something out, and then he's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Hey, it works. Yeah, no, it does. How about that for a page? Your centerpiece, just that grotesque close-up of teeth. Yeah, absolutely, man. I remember there was a teacher at the Cubert School, and it might have been the life drawing teacher. Like if you drew a mouth, and the teeth were symmetrical, top and bottom. Like, he would fail you. Wow. Yeah, he's like, it doesn't work that way. You need to be more observant. I like it. I feel like if, if this were set in uh, Britain instead of the U.S., you'd have to change the teeth a little bit. <laughs> right? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you saying, Jimmy? <laughs> Judge Anderson goes home, and uh, the specter of Judge Death follows her and kind of takes her over. This is a great use of color here where we see this, like, unnatural coloring to show us, hey, something's wrong it's here. It's a gaseous. One of my favorite images <laughs> of the issue right here, like, like the way that rib cage looks, makes me think that uh, Brian Bullen might have had his own Mr. Thrifty uh, skeleton. Yeah, I think it, so. It, in his studio. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, love this one too. Kicking the guy like through the wall. Through the panel gutter, dude. <laughs> How hard is that, man? And then it's like distance. Like you see the window there and that's far away. Yes. The body language on this Paul Paul Schaefer right. character is fantastic. Yeah, it's really fun too is the payoff of like, he's like, oh shit, this isn't going to end yeah, well. Yeah, and cut to the next panel of him being peeled off the pavement. It's great acting. And uh, obviously, Brian Bolin draws a lot of great things, man. I'm paying attention to all of his hands. Oh, yeah. This is hilarious. This is the humor in Judge Dredd. Uh -huh. Part of what makes it work is like, here she's she's driving down the road to get away with the uh, Judge Death skeleton yeah. riding shotgun. Just some really great like close-up of eyes in the middle of this panel. That's a cool inset. It makes me wonder about the John Wagner scripts and stuff because maybe maybe another artist, this would have been a whole big panel, but Brian Bolin's like, listen, man, I want to draw some cool things. Yeah. This is uh, some of the other psychic judges trying to track down where she's gone to give uh, Dread the, the tip to get there. And shes they're trying to revive Death's body is what's happening there. But, of course, man, these movies, these these stories move so fast. Yeah. I love that, that pace. Like, there's no waste of time. Like, she gets away and we find her by the end of the page. You know, it's, it's really... Uh fun reading this stuff like in context of things like also like um like miracle man the, the early parts before before it became an eclipse comic because it's the same seven page beats yeah and these are very fast moving um the miracle man stuff are like small moments but it still is so satisfying and and i i really feel like there's a clinic there that needs to be respected if you're working in the big two because if you can't do something in 20 pages when these guys are doing stuff in seven pages, like you, your your approach is wrong. Yeah, even the um, even though they're they they move fast, I don't feel like they're overly dense. Oh, absolutely not. Because like, I read some of that stuff from the twenty page comics you're talking about, and it is just like a slog to ver get through. Verbal diarrhea. Yeah, for sure. 
So making the sacrifice, they spray her with a boing, some kind of this like plastic spray to, to trap death inside of this bubble. Yeah. And you know what, Jimmy? Like that picks up that picks up later. Right. And Judge De Death Lives, man. So we might have to uh, check out some Primo Boland in black and white <laughs> that is from nice, these collections. Dude. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like like this story here I read in I, I couldn't find the exact collection, but Titan put out put out these kinds of collections in like the the early aughts yes. I think maybe late 90s and that's amazing that's that's preacher it is it's like Fabry it, on cover and then uh but what's Ennis and Dylan on the inside yeah exactly yeah yeah that's doing, pretty cool doing great stuff it's a good collection it is a good collection. and there's another one that they did also um but uh it was colored blue line method uh the the these other joints man so it was like a watercolor wash I think the other piece of uh, Judge Dredd that really works is this world like yeah, there's such an oddness to some of the details they focus on in this case It's uh, wealthy older people who are being frozen uh, Suspended animation so they don't die and then they wake up and it's like, uh, you know I can give you three minutes with her because she's only got a couple hours, you know of time left probably so you you got to use it sparingly and this is a blackmail story so her son killed himself because he was being blackmailed and it's like any clues it's always um the the sci-fi in 2008 is always a commentary on the things that are that are happening and just like a perverted version of the stuff that we have going on and you know Walt Disney's head mm -hmm. Ted Williams head like <laughs> right. like one of the guys that worked at that cryo facility with Ted Williams they said that they just like uh just like because there's no like regulation uh in the in that cryo space believe it or not <laughs> shocking and they said that there was a tuna can stuck at the bottom of the gunk on uh ted <laughs> williams neck man that they like they, they somebody like stacked it on top of it and then it started to freeze to the can and and they were afraid That's to ridiculous. like pull pull it off for fear of breaking some sort of jugular piece or something but see this is the stuff that i love where it's like now now you have to create like uh a vice game mm -hmm. Uh, in the world of Judge Dredd. And here's our, what, what's going on is he's trying to track down that blackmailer who tries to escape through this chute that turns out to be like a gigantic garbage disposal. And that might be a little bit of your uh, British censors because that could have been a lot more graphic than it is. But I read it as kind of graphic, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Because, well, well, I'm not talking about uh, garbage disposal stuff. I'm talking about a love scene. <laughs> you dig? <laughs> sure. <laughs> They find his apartment is full of information, blackmailing all kinds of citizens. The bike is always awesome. It's, right. Have you ever seen the Judge Dredd bike and it doesn't look cool? It looks like he's using zips on that stuff because of the moray of the of the of the color pattern. So so this is Chekhov's cryo clinic uh, worker guy. Almost right out of an EC comic. Sure. Or like a, you know, writes and draws those kind of guys yeah, in the house like, of mystery. Look how good the lighting and stuff is on his face. Pretty good color beautiful i was i i have problems with a lot of the color uh just with the sweeping strokes it just looks uh hacked but that's that's a that's a good approach uh, and this is another one of those humor bits where he's got the frozen gimmick on the helmet but he just will not take it off <laughs> he'd rather fight with it and shoot blindly than take they take off the mask and, and see what he's shooting at yeah you forget one thing judge judges don't need to see and there are all these kind of different bullets. That's a uh, a homing bullet, which we learn in exposition. It's always the exposition of uh, what, what's the gun setting on. Yeah, man. Talk about a magic bullet. 
Um, but there's our head wound contained story, you know, like he tracks down that this guy is, is he's blackmailing these old people, like wake them up a little bit while they're still groggy and get some info out of them all contained. What was that about six pages? Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, but the, the coup de gras, the, the best part is that the judges like, see judge dread feels that it's a perversion of, of, of science to be doing these cryo things, but we have our own cryo facilities because eventually we're going to figure out how to heal this wound. Uh-huh. And when we do, then you do your set. Then you got to serve your time. That's that's brilliant. I I love these comics, it's, man. It's so dark and twisted. Like it feels like something we should be repulsed and hate, but it's it's handled comedically. Like this is such a uh, it's kind of a farce. I I I think that uh Wagner gets a lot of catharsis from from these comics, man. Yeah, I agree. And uh I think this is our last story in yeah. this issue and it's about these punks who, uh, you know, of course, in a big city, Mega City One, for example, 800 million population, you're going to have uh, sectors that just aren't, you know, they're, they're unruly. And so this is one where these punks have taken over and kidnapped what looks like Clark Kent. Uh, probably yeah. not an accident. And uh, especially if this would have been done in the late 70s, it's almost Clark Kent, uh, Christopher Reeve's Clark Kent. Right. You know, so uh, these punks have taken over their neighborhood and they're in charge and judges be damned they're going to be their own judges punks hall of just us yes so and again with the paul galacy like this reminds me so much of uh what's his 80s that dc 80s the one that you bound yes slash maraud yeah yeah this reminds me a lot of like the slash maraud kind of uh you know future punk stories especially with your guy with your shaved teeth but they are setting up their own counter judging society and the judges don't like that so what are we going to do Let's roll in there heavy and wipe these guys out. And Judge Dredd says, no, let's send just me in and I'll show these punks that one of us can handle all of them. <laughs> it's so macho. Oh, totally. Hyper-masculine. <laughs> that guy's awesome, too. He you is. got to make those dudes look good. It's a comic book. There's something like the, like the British sci-fi designs bend in that direction like you know this is another good example there's yes. there's a british quality to it and i can only say that because it's you can let that linger on there because everybody a, at home stare at some of these characters yeah because it's the 2000 ad guys who informed my sensibility of what i mean when i say british type design it's it's the same thing when i saw mad max fury road right first off it's the cursed earth story uh but i'm like this is like 2000 ad like i I didn't know Brendan McCarthy was a part of it uh, until until afterward. And I'm like, this is like 2000 right. AD designs and stuff. Totally. Hey, I linger on here to say, everybody at home, this is your cursed earth. So uh, we're going to see that again at the end of this issue. Yeah. That's, that's what's going to, you know, keep that in mind, what cursed earth is like. So Judge Dredd rolls into this punk zone with a giant city garbage truck. <laughs> Guess who's going to go in there? <laughs> And just starts taking dudes out and chaining them up in the back of the uh, of the garbage truck, you know, one by one, hunting down all of these insurgent punks. And being pretty merciless. You know, this guy finally gets to, like, their leader, and he's like, I'm a cheap punk. And uh, he's, like, louder, screaming it, all bold caps. It's, uh, it's, it's dark stuff, but funny. But, you know, what their punishment is? They don't want to live in Mega City 1 peacefully takes them to the uh, to the edge of the city, the cursed earth. So uh, that's where they're going to serve their sentence. They lose their citizenship for 10 years. So good luck out there. 
That's some good world building, by the way, because we're not seeing it in this story. We're just hearing about it. Totally. And I, you know, I think that that just, it's all at accident. You know, you're, you go operating at incredible speeds. Mm -hmm. You remember that title, Cursed Earth? Like, and, and this is the first time I ever said Cursed Earth because when I was a little kid reading it, I read it Cursed, <laughs> Cursed <laughs> Earth. Uh, silhouettes in the back, little time saver, perhaps, you know, you're in the last pages of the last the last panels of the last page of a weekly strip. Saves Looks hard, time. though. No, yeah, and, and it, it, it it's good storytelling stuff. And then this is neat back matter, the Judge Dredd story, and it talks about the evolution of this character, and you get to see, like, some of uh, Carlos Esquiera's, uh early sketches of the character, the helmet, the bike, the stuff that really is, you know, Judge Dredd, like, this is, this is the version. And uh, apparently it's very early sketches on his part, but even like developing this world where, as they describe it, the Empire State Building would just be dwarfed by these gigantic buildings. Um, I don't, not not a shot in here. Well, maybe here's one that, that references that a little bit. But it's kind of that cool idea of what is this world. So you've got your judges and how that fits, but you also have that world of like post-nuclear world. The entire East Coast is one gigantic city of 800 million citizens, and you need a lot of judges to keep that uh, keep that in line. Because it's not a great place to live. Right. A lot of unemployment, a lot of struggles there, and of course the bike. This is uh, Elliot S. Brown territory here, you know, Punisher armory kind of stuff. But man, it's it's so right on for a comic book in the 80s. This just feels like they nailed it. You know, the, the person, Nick Landau or whoever is responsible for putting together this version of the comic, well done. Totally. We talk about like early manga trying to figure out how to fit in on our comic shelves same deal here you know this is going from a weekly to uh, a comic book how do you pull it off i don't think you could do it any better yeah of of a different size also so like there is a slight skewing and i remember thinking that you know like you see the lettering how it's like kind of kind of wide and stuff actually this just has margin so maybe maybe it's close yeah i don't think they're i don't think they're shrinking this too much i think it was quality when quality would come out that that publisher i think they really distorted they stuff did, yeah. and it was Boy, those comics are rough. Quite like like that's the one that Bill Boy Shell jokes about the names being opposite. Right. Quality is the wrongest title for those for those comics. And those and those quality comics, man, because everybody has that skewed bean head. Like Bolin drew the guy this way, but just any regular person would have this like bean head in in those quality comics. I remember thinking that maybe that's just what British people look like because <laughs> because I know Prince Charles and he's got the bean head naturally. So and he's the only British guy I know, you know. So it's like. Fuck, I guess they just have, like, skewed, skinny, beanpole heads over there in, in the UK. That's funny. And I also tried to mimic that lettering style of, like, a tall, kind of skinny... I do like the lettering in this a lot. Mm -hmm. It's, it's... I think it's really neat. Like, it's pretty tight lettering. Sharp stuff, yeah. Yeah, that stood out to me on, uh, on the reading of this for, for this week. But there's your first Judge Dredd American monthly comic book. And... I think they did well. Yeah, yeah, this whole series, man, like, uh, you could certainly do far worse than picking one of these up from your dollar bin. Wait, whenever I see them, I'll, I'll scoop them up, no doubt, man. You good to go? I am. Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. It's out there, Jimmy. Hulk Grand Design Monster, number one, will be in stores this month. Hulk Grand Design Madness, number one, will be in stores next month. If you haven't pre-ordered it already, do so now. There's still a chance your comic retailer can get a copy for you. A lot of great covers to choose from. And uh, join me on Patreon.com slash Jim Rugg.
Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one on the stands now, going to be coming out on a monthly basis. Uh, go to your local comic shop, get it put on your pull list. If you see an issue, scoop it up because they are all completely self-contained. Uh, and you can read these comics on my Patreon before they hit paper. Patreon.com slash Edpiscor, three bucks for the archive there. And there's well over 200 pages of uh, comics material up there as we speak. Uh, link trees are available in the description below. What else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That is another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, give them the marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.